Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. And handling it will be Blake Wesley out on top. And they get it over on the side. Three-pointer will not go. That was put up by Champagny. Lindell with the rebound. And the Suns come away with a victory here tonight. 115 to 94. The Suns get the win. The great Al McCoy with the call last night. And once again, we said it at the beginning of the show. We'll say it again. It was really good to see Al get that attention during the TV broadcast last night. Spending an entire second quarter with K. Ray and EJ. That was awesome to see. Still hard to believe we're entering kind of the final days. Boy, of it really is. Al McCoy's career with the Suns. You know, this is like you know. I mean, I mean here it's like when Vince Scully left the Dodgers. Like, oh my God, I've been hearing Vince Scully forever. People that grew up here in Phoenix, Al McCoy's your voice. To, yeah. And again, I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of the guy that should replace him in John Bloom. I think he is great, but it is going to be it's going to be odd not having Al behind the mic. I enjoyed all that footage they showed last night of Al. Yeah. uh, Al on Channel 12. Yes. Calling the games. Al on KUTP calling the games. Because that, I mean, literally is how I consumed the Phoenix Suns back in the day when those games were televised. And man, I just, I I grew up on that guy. I grew up on Suns basketball. I grew up on Al McCoy on those formats. There are some people who don't even remember Al being on TV. Like a whole generation of Suns fans. Al was on TV. He wasn't just the radio guy. Yeah, no, for forever. Yeah. Al was he was both, right? He was T V and the radio guy. So well, when I got when I got when I got here, I was doing updates on the on the radio. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was, dealing, he, was he, he was doing the updates. He was doing he was doing like the, the you morning, would take morning updates. Oh yeah. Right. So Suns beat the Spurs last night, one fifteen ninety four. And with it there's only three games left. The Suns announced after the game as an organization. So um, they've done the math, they've run the numbers, so has the league. They've clinched the number four spot in the right. NBA. There's no right. the Pelicans losing last night eliminated the last of the tiebreaker options. So even if the Suns lose every game and everybody else wins every game, they still Still can't get caught because the Suns have the tiebreaker over right. everybody right. in the West. So they're they're number four. Um, I think we have to spend a couple of minutes talking about this though. For the third straight game, the Suns big lead got shrunk to a small lead, and then they ultimately won the game. Now it was it was worse in other games. It was really bad against Denver on Friday night. It was bad against Oklahoma City on Sunday. Happened again last night. Suns are up by. 31 in the second quarter. It got cut down that 18 at half. It got as low as nine points in the third quarter. But by the end of that quarter, the Suns were back up to 21. How concerned are we about this? I mean, not concerned. It's the NBA. Things happen like that. I mean, these teams are playing hard. San Antonio, the only reason was San Antonio got back in the game, they had five straight three-pointers. It was a, it was a, a barrage of three-pointers. They weren't going to be able to keep it up, but that's how they were able to take a, 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 a 21-point lead and knock it down to nine is they had a 15-2 to two run. All 15 of their points were three-pointers. So, you know, teams make runs. It's the NBA. I mean, they, unlike any other sport, like, no leads real safe you know you feel like you feel like oh you should be good up 15 you should be good up 20 teams make runs you miss a shot they score you miss a shot they score you miss a shot they hit a three that's seven points taken off the lead it happens it happens quickly I don't think we should expect the Phoenix Suns to jump up by 20 and then hold on to 20 point leads and increase them to 30 or 40 sometimes it happens but more likely than not a team is going to make a little bit of run at you to let you know you 
You take your foot off the pedal for a second. You make a little. Your team comes back hard. You you rest in some guys because you've got the lead. Right when you got the lead, you feel like it's an opportunity to rest some guys, give other guys play in times, experiment a little bit. I'm not surprised. I'm not. I'm not worried about it at all. No, I'm. I'm not worried. Even when it happened to Denver against Denver, I I, I wasn't that worried about it then. I, I think it's a byproduct of a couple things. Number one, to your point, it is the NBA. It happens a lot in the NBA. I think you just naturally human nature you kind of ease up when you just know you're that much better than a team and the Suns have had that situation at least a couple times in the last three games and I think the other thing too it it really is that time of year you know like we we saw Michael Malone give his team just a whole bunch of crap last night after the Nuggets lost to the Rockets he said they're soft he said that they're you know the the blowing leads thing that it's going to get them bounced in the first round of the playoffs that they play like that in the postseason and I get it he's trying to light a fire under his team but I also think we're in the final week of the regular season. Teams that know where they're going to end up just naturally, this like the Nuggets know they're going to be the number one seed in the West. They know they are. Yeah, there's a slim, slim chance they're not. They know they're going to be the number one seed. And I think mentally, you ease up. Whether you're trying not to or not is irrelevant. You naturally ease up a little bit. Yes. The Suns, they've known they were going to be the four seed for a week. Right, I mean, this is what was going to happen. We don't you think so? Yeah, I think that they, I think that they probably knew it at some point in the last in the last week. They were going to be four once, once they got Durant back. Right, once you got Durant back, okay, everything. Because remember, they were losing games. They were, and then they bounced, and they bounced back and win two games in a row before Durant came back. Um, just started to play better basketball, and then they get Durant back and like, okay, everything's settled in now. I mean, you didn't have to worry about losing four out of five. You didn't have to worry about losing three in a row. Durant was back. So once you knew he was coming back, then you were like, okay, we're good. We're not going to, we, we, you know, we were looking at, can they gain on anybody? Can they get to three or two? But we certainly didn't think that they would lose four. And I think when you're in a situation like that, whether you're trying to or not, you're just going to naturally ease up a little bit. And, and I think you'll see that a lot this week. I, I don't know, you know, how we'll ask James about this. We'll have James Jones on the show at 530. I don't know how they're going to handle playing time. And I don't know how they're going to handle days off. I'm sure they've talked. In fact, I know they've talked about Monty said today at practice that they've talked about it. I'm sure we're going to see either a backing off of minutes or some guys getting nights off or some combination of that as they go into the postseason. But they do also still have to work on their chemistry together, right? I mean, they haven't spent a lot of time together as a team. I, I don't it's think they be totally abandoned it either. I am continued to, I'm fascinated by a team that may win an NBA championship with their starting five having played no more than like nine games together. Fair I mean, enough. it is incredible to think that that can happen in this day and age. I mean, because you know, even when they traded for Kevin Durant, he got he got he played he was hurt, so he didn't play. Then he played three games and he got hurt, and now he's coming back for a few games here. It's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be one of the least amount of games started by a starting five that's ever entered the playoffs. So I am really, truly fascinated by it. There are, okay, we're talking about last night's game now. A whole bunch of things to talk about with that game. DeAndre Eaton had seven free throw attempts. He made them all. I love to see that. Chris Paul had a really good shooting last night. He broke his streak of games where he didn't score at least 20 points. He had gone 27 I can't straight be- I games. I still can't believe that. 27 straight where he didn't, it was the longest of his career, yeah. where he didn't score 20 or more. He had 22 last night his first 20 point game since January 28th you know my you know my take on that I think he I, I think he sees that light at the end of the tunnel I think he sees that championship trophy it's right there you just got a little bit to a little bit more to go I, I you know you might get an incredible because this is his 
you know, might be his last chance. Might be. Might be his best chance. Um, You might see a really tremendous performance by Chris Paul in the playoffs Uh, here. And I think he's going to get a lot of open looks. And I loved this back and forth last night with Al and Tim and Booker on Chris Paul shooting more. The other night we had Chris Paul on. And uh, Tim and I were kind of needling him why he didn't score more. You know. Okay. We need to do that more often. And and, and here's what he said. Hey, I can score, but all those other guys guys want to score all the time, so I don't get an opportunity. Well, tonight he had the opportunity, didn't he? He did. Very efficient, too. Um, came out shooting it. We're encouraging him all the time. You know, when we post KD up, you know, teams, you know, they're going to have to eventually double team. That's going to open up things on the backside for yeah. us. He's got to take those shots. And his catch-and-shoot three-point attempts this year, it's doubled over a year ago. He's been playing off the ball a little bit more. That's going to continue to be the trend. I, I really do think in a pick-your-poison kind of way, in some way teams are going to choose the Chris Paul from deep poison and say, okay, we're going to give you that shot. Yeah. Or, or it, it, let's see if you can make it. He's got to take it because he can. He can make that shot. I, it, it's going to be one of the things that you look at more than anything. Who's the primary defender on Booker and Durant to start the game and how much does that change throughout the game? You start somebody primary on Durant, he's seven for eight. You're like, I can't keep going to this guy. I got to try somebody else. You know, these other teams, what are their adjustments going to be? You know, because you can't double both guys. And even now, you know, you, you talked about Paul, but I've also liked. You know, you brought up several times about Aiden. There's a there's a two man game with Paul and Aiden Big time. that factors in when teams try to really focus on Durant and Booker that we've seen a lot. Now we can talk individually about Durant uh, that that AD uh, that DeAndre Aiden da AD, da did this or Chris <laughs> Paul did that. But then the two man game we've seen a lot of that lately. There is one game tonight in the NBA has a massive impact on who the Suns could face in the first round. The battle for Los Angeles, and we'll preview it next on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. Love the guy behind LeBron making the goat sound effects on this soundbite I'm about to play for you here. Oh, how my foot feels when I wake up. I step out of bed. Um, that's been the most uh, important since I've injured it, you know, five weeks ago. You know, that the next day after either rehab or training or, or, or treatment or whatever, it's always that when you step out of bed for the first time in the morning, um, how, how does it feel? Because that's going to dictate the rest of the day. So uh, we see what happens. Welcome, welcome to the real world, LeBron. Those first few steps out of bed every morning, they determine everything. <laughs> That's right. Usually the first one is, ouch! Ouch, ouch, oh, ouch. Oh, uh, Okay, I'm fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, all right. Yeah. I can still walk. Yeah, right, some, somebody, somebody right at the end. Bah, right at the end. Yeah, that's the goat. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people doing it. Uh, yeah. The goat sounds. Yeah, I guess so. Um, there's no doubt that, okay, with the Suns locked into four, yeah. now it's all about who are they going to play in the first round. Uh-huh. And there's no question that tonight's game between the Lakers and the Clippers will go a long, long, long way to deciding who that fifth team is. Anything be. yet on who's been ruled out of that game? Oh, glad you asked, my friend. I don't have anything yet on who's going to play, unless Mitch has seen something that I haven't. Um, but I have yet to see an update from the Lakers. Last time we had checked, AD and LeBron were both questionable for tonight's game against the Clippers because AD had logged, what, 42 minutes last night? And LeBron was 38 minutes last night. I say neither place. I. 
I wouldn't bet against that. I say that neither plays. I, th- I think you're going to be right. Two reasons. One, you don't want five. You Nobody wants five. You got to go play the Phoenix Suns. You'd rather play Sacramento, Memphis, or the Nuggets. You, nobody wants to get to five. That's true. Number two is... I, uh, before you go on, I got a kick that Bismack Biombo laughed about that when you asked him. He, he got a nice he got a nice chuckle. I, I don't know whether Listen, I, he knows that or not, but he, he did he did chuckle about that a little bit. I know I brought this up once or twice, but like in my conversation with Channing Fry yesterday when we were making the bet two bottles of wine on whether the Suns or, or the Lakers would win a playoff series, I said like like what do you do if you if you're the Lakers and the Clippers tomorrow? He goes, Nobody wants five. Nobody wants to be five. Mm-hmm. You'd rather take your chances being six, seven, or eight. Run up against, you know, Memphis, Sacramento, or the Nuggets. Nobody wants to be five. I'll, try, I'll take his word over anybody else's. Played in that league for a long time. You don't want to be five. But, and then the other thing is, the Clippers are rested for three straight days. Yep. They've won 10 straight games against the Lakers. Believe it or not, it goes back to 2020. They've won 10 straight games against the Lakers. And if I'm the Lakers... My ultimate goal is to go into the playoffs with a healthy AD and LeBron. My chances increase dramatically that those guys could get hurt playing a back-to-back after they logged all those minutes last night. Right. I'm not taking that chance. If I'm the Lakers, neither one of those guys plays. I, I think you're, we haven't seen anything. My guess would be your guess, and my guess is that I would go with you and that they don't play. And, and while Laker fans might, you know, that might disappoint them because they're trying to get up to five, the smarter play might, in fact, be finish at number seven or number eight and just put yourself in a position where all I need to do is win one game and I'm going to get Memphis at number two. Right. Or I'm going to get, I don't think it'd be Sacramento at number two. I'm going to get Memphis at number, I'll take my chances there versus playing the Suns in a four or five matchup because I don't want anything to do with that smoke of KD and Devin Booker. Thank you, I'll pass. There is a scenario tonight for wrapping up the two seed that I was looking at. So there is definitely a a scenario which I think Memphis can wrap up the two seed. Okay, let me see what it is. So uh, Sacramento, Sacramento clinches the three seed with a loss and a Memphis win. Okay. So Sacramento loses and Memphis wins, then Memphis is... Sacramento clinches the three seed. Okay. And Memphis would. And Memphis has an outside shot at one. Very, very outside. So I can't say that they wrap up two. If Memphis loses tonight, then Denver clinches number one. Denver clinches the West with a Memphis loss tonight. Yes. Yeah, so that, that happens tonight. Yes. The the Clippers, look, here, here's why tonight might not go all the way in determining this, though. And, and I totally agree with you about the Lakers and, and their injury situation. Even if the Lakers win, all right, because the Clippers have won 10 straight games against them, including every game they've played up until this point, the Clippers already own the tiebreaker against the Lakers. doesn't matter what happens tonight. The Clippers have the tiebreaker. So even if the Lakers win, tonight and pass the Clippers. All the Clippers have to do is finish tied with the Lakers and they win the tiebreaker and they'll right. finish with the higher seed. The Lakers definitely have a taller mountain to climb here when you know compared to the Clippers because of the tiebreaker situation. Um, the, the Clippers could lose tonight and win a couple more games after tonight and they'd be just fine. They would, they would still be the number five seed. I think it's going to be the Clippers. I do question about whether teams actually want to be the fifth seed or not. Somebody's got to win it. I mean, the team with the longest... Well, somebody's got to lose and get it. <laughs> right. the, I mean, even, even you might be the loser if win, you're the five seed. Maybe. You might be. You might be the loser. You might be. I mean, it, and there is some serious talk around the NBA about do teams actually want this. I think the other thing to watch tonight... Um, 
is Westbrook going up against his old team? I know. He's played so much better with the Clippers. Than I, the Lakers wanted him to almost be a 3 and D guy. He's shooting better from the field. He's shooting better from three. He's getting a lot more fast break baskets. I mean, his game is really transformed back to what you know people remember him being since he you know got to the Clippers. It just didn't work with the Lakers. But he has played extremely well. And they wanted him to take some of the pressure off of... Paul George and off of Kawhi Leonard when he got there and he has he's taken a lot of pressure off I mean shooting better being a good leader he's doing what they're asking him to. he's shooting 46% on his two point shots with the Lakers and 54 with the Clippers I mean that's a big difference right there but he's scoring he's not turning the ball over as much and he's kind of fitting. Now, he's still not closing games because the numbers don't really show that he's a great closer, but he's really good for like three and a half quarters. Yeah, I, I got to imagine part of that is the pressure of not being with LeBron, the expectation of being part of that big three with the Lakers that everybody had when he went there. I think there's, in general, less pressure when you play for the Clippers than it is with the Lakers because yeah. it's not the Lakers. So I think all of that added up just makes it a little easier for Russell Westbrook. The big question with the Clippers is going to be Paul George. I haven't read a th- Thing about what the plan is for when he's coming back, if he's coming back. It would certainly be a jolt for the Clippers if he does come back during the first round against the Suns. You know, that that's okay. Paul George, great player, right? That would give them a jolt. Well, you no may want the Clippers it. in the first round instead of the second. Like, you might want, you might want them because Paul George isn't like he's not right he's not healthy he's not getting any games in i used to fear the clippers i used to think the clippers were the team you didn't want to play this was like a month ago now they are top of my list of the teams that i do want do you know to play. how long this experiment's been going on it's four years the, oh yeah it's, it's four years mm-hmm. it hasn't worked nope it hasn't doc rivers was the coach for a while now it's ty Lu. i thought when they put those two together it was going to be championship city for the clippers it has the the the, Kai, the Kawhi injury a couple of years ago just derailed everything, everything. Right when he got hurt, yeah. Um, so we'll see. As it stands right now, I mean, the fifth place team in the West right now, it's not the Clippers, it's not the Lakers, it's the Warriors. And yeah, but by tonight they'll they'll lose that. Yep, As somebody will pass them. Whoever wins tonight between the LA teams will pass Golden State. Golden State's got. A tough situation because they're done with all their home games. Right. All right. They've been miserable on the road this year. Nobody really knows why. They don't have tiebreakers over anybody. Right. They, they, they lose the tiebreaker to the Clippers. They lose the tiebreaker to the to the Lakers. So it's Clippers or Lakers? It feels like it. It feels like it. I think the, the question becomes maybe the most important question. Who perfectly threads the needle between wins and losses? To get to six. And ends up as the six seed. Warriors. Because that is threading the needle. That is... The ideal landing spot if you're the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Warriors. You want to be sixth. Who gets it? Right. You know? Clippers play Portland and then they play Sunday at Phoenix. Lakers play Friday at Phoenix and then Sunday at the Jazz. Okay. See that and that's another reason why I think the Clippers are gonna get five. After tonight, they go to Portland. Their four of their starters are out for the seasons. So they're not playing. Should but be. Then a they win. just have the greatest comeback of all time. They did. They had the, the biggest, well, they, the biggest, the biggest deficit by point spread in the last thirty something years, something like that. Um, and then the Suns on Sunday, and I don't know anything officially. I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns don't play their big four guys on Sunday. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, we got to game 81 healthy, let's not risk game 82? Wouldn't be surprised at all. Now, you are going to have a long layoff before you play again, though. Is you that a will, factor? You, will, you can go hard at practice if you want. I, I don't think it's a, a huge factor. I, I, 
again, I don't know anything. We'll ask James Jones about it coming up next, but I, I would suspect the Suns wouldn't play a soul in that game. Text us your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. James Jones, Suns President of Basketball Ops and General Manager. He'll join us for his weekly visit. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Every Wednesday, we get the opportunity to talk with Suns uh, President of Basketball Operations and and General Manager of the Phoenix Suns, James Jones. He joins us for his weekly visit here on the Burns and Gambo Show. James, how are you doing today? Thanks for the time, as always. I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Well, I'll just say congratulations on a Final Four appearance. I, they, 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 they went really far. It's a great season. They get to hang a banner. They cut down some nets. Tremendous accomplishment for the Miami Hurricanes. Man, it's it's it was it was bittersweet. You know, I think they they played as well as they could. They just ran into a really good team in UConn. You know, there's no shame in that. But I, I know that Coach L and, and those guys are proud of what they've done, um, and they're just looking forward to next year of trying to to to, to kind of say remake some magic. And, and but it's really 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 good for the for the university, and I'm, I'm a proud hurricane for life. Yeah, you are. No, I'm happy for you. I really am, my friend. Alright, I've got to ask you the million-dollar question. Three games left. You've got the Nuggets tomorrow. you got the Lakers on Friday. you got the Clippers on Sunday. You've clinched the fourth spot. You, you're not going to move down. You're not going to move up. How do you approach these three games with your players? Do you go all out and play hard to win and build continuity, or do you try to rest some guys here or there throughout the game? or maybe just a one full game off? How do you think you approach it? I, honestly, I don't have those answers um, because the only thing I do know is we have not had the ability to play um, m- meaningful game minutes to collectively as a unit um, as long as we would have liked uh, because of circumstance, injury, and things of that nature. Um, but we've been playing better, and, and so we have to balance rhythm and rest uh, but we, we need opportunities to play good basketball against good teams. Um, it's not just about rest. You can be rested um, and you can play poorly. Um, so we just have to strike that balance. But I expect us to figure it out in the coming days. Yeah, I would. Is this a conversation with you and Monty and the staff to kind of formulate a plan? And if those conversations haven't happened yet, do you anticipate sometime before tomorrow's game against the Nuggets, you will kind of outline a plan amongst you guys to figure out what to do? No, when we have a plan, you know, everyone will know. Uh, we have these conversations consistently, um, and they're ongoing. Um, but we'll make the right decisions. Um, you know, you understand that we're, we're playing to win. You know, we're playing for something bigger um, than seeding. Uh, now uh, we, we've settled that, uh, but we, we still need to get better. And, and so we'll, we'll figure it out. How closely, I know what we're going to do when we get out of here, we're going to go home and, and put on Lakers Clippers, and that game could be a real big indicator of who you guys are going to play in the first round. How dialed in are you going to be to these last few days of the regular season in the NBA to kind of figure out who you are going to play in the first round? I mean, well, I watch, we watch the games not to figure out who we're playing. We watch the game because we know that um, – Teams are playing for something, and you get a chance to see some good basketball. I mean, they usually have to put their best, uh, you know, put their best strategies uh, out there on the floor, and so you can learn a little bit about everyone. But you also learn 
a little bit about what works and, and, and you can just observe and see if there's something you can take um, from high-level games that you can apply. Um, but from a seeding perspective, no. But just being a fan of the game and, and being excited about this part of the season, you know, the playoffs are here and teams are going on this championship journey, uh, this is what we live for. I do got two bottles of wine on the line with our good friend Shannon Fry, who thinks that the Lakers would beat you guys. So I do have that bet if you guys do end up playing the Lakers. But when you look at the teams that could be five, I mean, you got Golden State, the Clippers, and the Lakers. You guys are playing so well right now, haven't lost a game with KD. Do you think there's any way that these teams that are playing would, would rather be at six, seven, or eight than try to get the five seed and play you guys? No, I don't. Um, just all those teams you're talking about, those teams have champions, they have Hall of Famers, they have winners, guys that have been in the playoffs that have, um, that appreciate what it means and, and don't take these things for granted. I'm not trying to cheat the game. You know, those guys, they play it. They play it the right way. Um, so I think those narratives are are good you know, conversations for the media and people outside of, of the game. Um, but internally... You know, the competitors that I know and the competitors that those teams are, I expect those guys to go out there and try to play good basketball um, as they head into the playoffs. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We both watched last night's game. We had a lot of questions about it. I think the big one was a DNP for Cameron Payne last night as the backup point guard. Are, are we, are you guys, I should say, experimenting with different options? How are you still kind of assessing the state of your backups going into the postseason with these games that you've got left? I think Coach addressed it last night, and I'll just always – you know, repeat what we talk about, which is we have a team filled with um, good players, and and we have a lot to figure out from a rotation perspective. But um, all of our guys are in the rotation. Um, you know, we've seen instances where guys haven't played and they come back and they play well, and they're in it. And so for us right now, it's just finding rotations that work, and and trying to find make rotations we think may work in the future, uh, since we have time. What does Landry offer you specifically in that role if he does get minutes over campaign? Is it his defense? Is it the, the size element? What what does he add that, to the conversation when talking about him? Um, uh, those things you talked about, um, he's different. You know, campaign's primary ball handler. Landry's a secondary ball handler. Landry's a little bit bigger um, defensively. Um, plays not at the point of attack, but weak side and you know, second side, um, whereas Cam is a point of attack, you know, pr- primarily in situations with the point guards. And, you know, so Landry just gives us some versatility, someone different, someone bigger. Um, but, um, you know, we'll see. We have we have multiple guys that can, can play that big defender role, too. So I just think this is just one of those situations where, um, you look and see what you have while you have time to experiment. You guys have had some pretty big leads in the last three games. Teams have made a comeback. I'm not worried about it. That happens in the NBA. I mean, last night, San Antonio knocked down like five threes in a row uh, to, to take a, a what was a 21-point deficit, get back to nine uh, with a 15-2 run. But do you guys internally look at some of these runs teams are making on you? Is there any concern there? Or is that just part of the NBA? No, I mean, you're concerned anytime a team goes on any type of run, a six nothing run, an eight nothing run. You know, it's uh it's just it's just the the volatility that sometimes comes when you, you talk about teams taking and making threes. 
Um, we never want to give up runs. And so anytime there are those types of runs, we go back, we, we talk about it, we look at it and try to see if there's something we could have done. Um, you know, they typically are the result of, of, of shot making and two or three bad possessions of execution. Uh, so you try to minimize that. But it, it's definitely something to think about because for us, we know the margins are small. When I look at Chris Paul recently, I'm seeing him play some of his best basketball. He's had some he's had some really good games lately. He, he got over 20 last night for the first time in a while. Part of it could be, you know, with KD here, the open shots that he's getting and he's actually taking them. And the other part could be, man, he just he sees the light at the end of the tunnel, James. You know, he's two months away from maybe getting his first championship. Is it is it a combination of both? Why he's playing so well right now? Yeah, it's not a. It's, there's all. There are always a bunch of factors. I think, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I said having KD didn't help. You know, it, it's, it affords Chris an opportunity to see the game differently and not be the only creator or the primary creator. Um, he can he can play both spots. So he's, he's seeing the floor. He's having more space. And, uh, you know, he also sees that it's the, the end of the season. He, he's gotten here, and it's the time of the year where the guys are most excited, where you find that renewed energy. And uh, we we're, we really lock in. And so he's locked in. He's been playing like it. And we just need him to continue to do that. How about that block shot from Kevin Durant last night? I thought that really, they had had a little momentum, got back in the game. He comes running back, blocks Blake Wesley from behind. At that point, it was, you know, it was still somewhat of a close game. And you guys go on to, to beat him up pretty good. But just, you know, you see how good of an offensive player he is. But to see the intensity and how hust- the hustle play and the hard work defensively to make a play like that in a game against the Spurs really just goes to show you what type of player he is. Yeah, well, I'm always, I'm always, uh, it, it, it always baffles me sometimes when uh, people um, are surprised that great players make great plays. And KD, he's a complete player. He has been a complete player his entire career. He's just been so good offensively that people discount his defense and his effort. Um, but you don't have the success that he's had. You don't reach the the. Uh, the levels he's reached without having, you know, a tremendous work ethic and competitive spirit. And so he competes on the defensive end. And so when you see him do that defensively because he's so good offensively, it makes you think differently about him. But that's something that we've always valued and we've always respected is that he'll take the defensive challenge. And with him nearly being seven feet, he's a really good rim protector. Appreciate it as always, James. Wishing you the best the rest of the regular season. We will talk very soon, okay? All right, thanks, yes. Thanks, James. James Jones joining us in the Arizona Sports Line, the general manager, the president of basketball operations for the Phoenix Suns. Joining us in the Arizona Sports Line, next up for the Suns, they will host the Nuggets tomorrow night. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we'll tell you what's on tonight, and then we'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals, those allegations against the Cardinals and the resulting rebuttal by the organization. What's next in all of this? We'll talk about it coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? What is on tonight? The games that we are going to watch this evening in Gambo. It is brought to you by Global Credit Union. 12 branches here to serve you. Become a member today at globalcu.org. As far as local sports go, there's nothing on tonight. No, but there is a game we want to watch. Oh, there sure is. There's a game we... The Lakers are playing the Clippers. You know what channel it's on? 
ESPN. ESPN. It's an ESPN game. Lakers-Clippers, still no announcement on whether LeBron and AD are playing after they played an overtime game last night and have to go back-to-back. I do have an update on this. Oh, you do have one? Well, not much. Not much! LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell, Mo Bamba are all game-time decisions. So we, what, that game's an hour and 13 minutes away? Yeah. Game-time decisions. That's it. That's all I got. It's not good enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. you guys, are not. this is not good enough. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you. What about the Clippers? Anything on the Clippers? No, nothing on the Clippers. I've seen nothing on the Clippers at all. That game starts at 7 o'clock. Uh, other games in the West that have relevance tonight. The Grizzlies are all over the Pelicans. 54-39. That game, six minutes to go in the second quarter of that one. And I believe John Morant. Yes, John Morant is sitting that one out. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing. Dylan Brooks is playing. Tyus Jones is playing. Desmond Baines is Desmond Bain, I should say, is playing. But I don't see John Morant, so I don't think he's playing. Uh, Pelicans are starting to slip a little bit. They had one. Seven of eight. They did. They're losing by 15 right now to Memphis. Um, that one's on tonight. And then the other one to watch just to see if they're going to end up on the outside looking in. The Kings and the Mavericks are underway right now. Six minutes to go in the first quarter. Sacramento's up six, 19 13 against the Mavs team that is perilously close to not even making the play in tournament. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. And now Mark Cuban is blaming them not getting Jalen Brunson on the parents. Did you see that? He blamed the parents. I thought we might save that for tomorrow, but since you brought it up, Mark. Cuban's blaming the parents. Rick Brunson for the Mavs losing Jalen Brunson mm. in free agency, saying, quote, things went south when the parents got involved. Close quote. <laughs> there it is. Mark. Because the father took a job with the Knicks. Uh, yes. It's like uh, it's like when you, you recruit a kid out of high school to college. You and hire you hire high the, school coach. You hire the high school coach. Yeah. Uh, the Clippers lineup tonight has just been announced. Um, uh, Chris Kamen, Corey Maggetti, Coutinho Mobley, Elton Brand, and Tim Thomas. We're going to start. Teehee. Uh, so not going to play anybody. When are they going to trade for Baron Davis? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Jamal Crawford going to be in that lineup? Is he going to play? Um, no, we've not heard about what the Clippers are going to do. So uh, that's what's on tonight. I think they're just waiting. Who, look, what, did they announce yet who they're playing? No. But did they announce? They just keep asking each other. Did they, did he, any word on if the Lakers are playing those guys? Let's see who blinks first. Yes. Who's going first? Who's going to blink first? And nobody's going to take the court. No. And the reason why we're watching that game with such importance is... The winner likely gets the Suns. Uh, I Likely, 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 likely. likely. The, the, the Clippers can still, you know, they can lose because they have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Even if they lose tonight, all they have to do is finish tied with the Lakers and they win the tiebreaker. I want the so Lakers. Would, I just I know, want I the, I you want the you're, Lakers. You're really excited about that. They'll beat the Suns will beat them. They'll beat them good, handily. I'm not saying they won't. I know. I would prefer the Clippers because I just think Paul George is not. I don't know when he's coming back. Wouldn't you get a lot of enjoyment out of the Suns punking the oh, Lakers? Of course. Knocking out LeBron. They 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 but they, they got all the Lakers. Everybody's talking about the Lakers right now. Chris Maddox of Sports Illustrated says they're gonna win it all. Yeah. Channing Fry said the Lakers would beat the Suns. And then you go out there and you take them down in five but, but, games. Okay, but you're comparing it, you have compared it to when the Suns beat the Spurs yes. in the, the, the Alvin Gentry year. My the favorite team. Suns memory. But does that comp really hold up given that the Suns have already beaten the Lakers? Lakers in the playoffs two years ago. I mean, like we've already had that moment of satisfaction against the Lakers. Yeah, was that was that did that 
Like to me, I don't need another moment of satisfaction against the Lakers. I already got mine. They were down two one. LeBron James did the thing where he was leaning back into Jay Crowder and and what was it? Andre Drummond was over imitating him on the bench, and the Suns punked the Lakers in that series after being down two one. I kind of feel like that itch has been scratched already. I think anytime you could beat the Lakers or even the Spurs, okay. But anytime, anytime you could beat LA, anytime you could beat the Lakers. But that was the most enjoyment I had when Alvin Gentry coached the Phoenix Suns to a four nothing sweep of the Spurs. And I swear I remember saying this the week, the whole week leading up, the Suns are going to sweep them. This Spurs team is not good, and the Suns ended up sweeping. It was the second round of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and the Suns took them out in four games. And that that's one of my great Suns memories. Yeah, I, I, I and it was a great memory. And it was you finally felt like ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah, I just I kind of felt like we already had our ding dong the witch is dead moment with the Lakers a couple of years ago. I can I, I can enjoy I can enjoy I that again. Get, I, and I don't fear them. I just would prefer the Clippers. Yep, uh, I get you because the Paul George. Thing. It was just it's just no information about Paul George anywhere. You know, I, what happens when you Google Paul George? What do you get? Let's see, Paul George. I've done it. You get stuff about 2017. Let's go to the news tab here. Something about 2017. I remember. I've done this. Trust me, I've done it. Yeah. What is, it? is there a 2007, something about 2017 on there? Uh, when you just go to Paul George all, yes. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Paul George says he was almost a cavalier with LeBron in 2017. Okay. okay. I don't care about that. I click on the news tab of Google and there's nothing. There's nothing. No update about when he might be back. Not a clue. So we'll see. That game's on at 7 o'clock tonight. Looking forward to watching that game. Uh, we've only got a couple minutes left here. Um, we did we did tease uh, the situation with the Cardinals and Terry McDonough. There's been basically no new news today about that when it comes to it. Um, other than Mike Sando this morning with Wolf and Luke really thinks that Steve Wilkes might be the next step in all of this, and I'll kind of let him explain. So the next step is obviously probably arbitration unless somebody makes more statements. To me, uh, Steve Wilkes is the next step. I think he is a very important witness uh, in this. Obviously, he has his own lawsuit against the Cardinals going, so he's not a completely unbiased source, but I think he's somebody seen in the league with some credibility and some character, right? Uh, And so if he were to corroborate the idea that, hey, uh, Mike Bidwell was the one behind the burner phone thing and and what Terry's saying on that. Hey, for whatever you want to say about Terry, sure, he's had his issues, but what he's saying there is 100% true. I think that's damaging. ProFootballTalk.com is reporting that through his lawyers, Steve Wilkes has declined comment about the Terry McDonough situation and the allegations. So he'll handle it internally phones. instead Sounds of like publicly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Steve Wilkes, former Colonels coach and now 49ers defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes declined comment through his lawyers in his pending lawsuit, but he certainly, he's got knowledge about this, right? Yeah, he does. One of the fascinating things about the whole Terry McDonough thing that you learned over the last couple of days, he was number two in charge to Steve Kime. Then he got bumped down all the way to seventh. From two, they hit that demotion, bumped him down to seven, took him out of the owner's box for for play for games, and he had like a two hundred thousand dollar cut in salary. Then he got bumped to ninth. Yeah, he just kept falling down that ladder. That's gonna do it for us here on this Wednesday. We're live tomorrow from Chase Field on the field for opening day. We'll talk to you then. It's straight up two o'clock right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Have a great night, everyone. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go. 